G'day folks, welcome to episode 68 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So we've got a bit of a shorter episode this week, but uh, we'll get straight into it. So first up, we've got security updates for the past week. Uh, and the first of these was an update for Apache in uh, Bionic, that's Ubuntu 18.04 long-term support release. Uh, this wasn't actually an update for any particular vulnerabilities, however it was an update to enable TLS uh, v1.3, so that has been enabled by default for uh, Apache in Bionic, and it is also the case in later releases as well. Uh, this could potentially cause issues though in some environments, uh, some incompatibilities, and so uh, you can actually disable that using the SSL protocol directive in your Apache configuration, and I've actually got a link in the show notes as well uh, to the upstream bug report about that uh, feature change as well. Uh, next up, we had a live patch. So uh, as you're probably aware, Ubuntu publishes live patches for the kernel, which is uh, security fixes essentially that can be applied uh, without rebooting. So it actually does code modifications on the fly and inserts a bunch of kind of trampoline functions to jump to new definitions of, of different bits of code basically to fix vulnerabilities. It's pretty cool stuff. So the kernel team has done another live patch update, uh, this time for Ubuntu uh, 16.04 long-term support and 18.04 long-term support, that's Xenial and Bionic. In this case, it was a single CVE uh, that we covered actually last week uh, for the standard kernel updates. Uh, this was for a KVM nested virtualization issue. So the idea that you're using KVM for virtualization and you are virtualizing you know, one guest on your host. And then within that guest, you're actually using KVM to virtualize a second guest internally. So it's inception. Uh, yeah, and so in that case, that second level guest could access resources potentially from the first uh, level. Uh, so the parent of it or yeah, that first level guest. Uh, so yeah, that was fixed with a live patch. Up Then up next, we had an update for uh, Python Twisted, seven different CVEs that were fixed for uh, our standard support releases. Uh, so Xenial, Bionic, and Eowyn. Uh, and two of these were variations of HTTP request splitting or request smuggling as it's commonly known uh, attacks. Uh, so I talked about these back in uh, episode 52, actually. There was a Black Hat uh, presentation that sort of covered these details but the idea basically that you uh, when using kind of a front and back end uh, web proxies and servers you can have one interpret uh, different http different http requests differently and so you can potentially get uh, you know if you're an attacker you can get the credentials say of uh, another user sent back to you because the web servers mis uh, mistakenly you know append your request to some other user's one so they were fixed there's also three HTTP2 related denial of service issues. So way back in episode 43, I talked about uh, sort of a about seven or eight different uh, vulnerabilities that were uh, discovered by Netflix at the time around HTTP2. And in particular, they were looking at uh, this HTTP2 spec and finding parts of it that weren't exactly clear on kind of the behavior that uh, implementations should take. And so different sorts of algorithmic complexity issues could be uh, could be there or, or other sorts of things. And so there was a lot of different HTTP2 um, implementations that were affected. And in this case, yeah, so we've fixed uh, three different uh, denial of service related issues in Twisted. And there was a couple of low priority issues here as well. Uh, there was a possible man in the middle attack uh, if you're using Twisted for XMPP uh, TLS connections because it failed to verify certificates there. And it also failed to sanitize uh, URIs or HTTP methods. So that was fixed as well. We then had an update for Vim. So uh, probably something that a lot of people are interested in, although these CVEs were relatively low priority. Uh, seven different CVEs that were affected, but these did affect uh, Vim going all the way back to the version used in uh, Precise. So that's 1204 extended security maintenance. 
so in this case, you had to open a crafted file with Vim and in a couple of different cases, you had to source a crafted file. So that's essentially a list of uh, Vim script commands that Vim will execute. Or maybe you had to use it to open a crafted undo history file or maybe a crafted spelling dictionary. So a lot of different stuff that was uh, triggering small things like you know, integer overflows that would then you know, trigger a heap overflow so you could possibly get uh, memory corruption. Uh, you know, denial of service because you could crash uh, Vim or maybe you could get code execution as well. Uh, but yeah, again, because you had to open crafted files in particular ways, uh, these were unlikely to be able to be exploited in practice. And finally, we had an update for IBUS. So this is one that has been kind of waiting in the wings for a while. We actually talked about it all the way back in episode 47. Uh, this was a single CVE uh, against IBUS in uh, Eon, Bionic, and Xenial. So IBUS is uh, the kind of input uh, assistance daemon. So it allows you, you know, to say input characters easily in different uh, language sets or that kind of thing. And it implements its own private DBus server so that clients can connect to it. And by clients, I mean things like GTK or Qt or other sorts of toolkits that uh, are actually handling keyboard and stuff it then forwards it to ibus and ibus does uh, its magic so that you can say enter in uh, you know chinese characters or whatever it might be easily and so uh, in this case it didn't implement any kind of access control over that private uh, dbus server that it implemented and so you know if you were as another user knew the uh, dbus socket address of some other users um, ibus running on the machine you could connect to it and you know snoop on their keystrokes and all kinds of things uh, so we did fix this back originally, but then uh, there was a regression because various Qt uh, clients couldn't connect anymore to IBUS. And it wasn't obvious why, so the easy thing through was to back out the fix. So this has been, well, was reverted for quite a while, uh, and so therefore unpatched. Uh, but it was then found that the uh, uh, DBus server implementation in Glib, so that's kind of the uh, GNOME-based library, uh, actually had some uh, some issues that it wasn't doing things entirely correctly and so uh, that was then fixed eventually uh, the desktop team ended up uh, pushing that fix back through stable release updates to uh, Xenial, Barnick and Eowyn that has finally gone through and so now we've been able to put in uh, the IBUS fix again and with any luck that won't cause any regressions for Qt or other clients now connecting to it. And that's it for the week in security updates. Uh, so up next, Joe and I thought it would be timely to have a bit of a talk about uh, oval feeds. So this is uh, some data that we publish as a security team that helps you know uh, what vulnerabilities may or may not be uh, on a given system. And then we developed some other tooling around that, a tool called CVE Scan. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Alex is going great. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Um, I have to ask this week, Alex, like I ask every week, how are you doing on ReamD? I am still going. I think I'm about 90% the way through. Um, I haven't started reading anything else to distract myself again this week. So uh, I've been watching some sci-fi on Netflix. But besides that, yeah, Very still going. Very cool. Um, I am I am reading this week um, a a book called um, February Files. It's a uh, mystery that takes place here in Moab, and it's not sci-fi, so it's kind of out of my usual thing. But I'm really enjoying it. And I am also watching sci-fi on Amazon. I'm watching Andromeda right now, season one. So far, it's pretty good. Um, so yeah. And then 
you know, other than that, I think we're going to talk about Oval this week. Yeah, that's right. Some stuff that the team's been working on and off on uh, for a while. Uh, it's both Oval data and some tooling to go around it. Yeah, we talk about Oval a lot because it's so so handy. So I guess I'll say you first off, I'm not sure everybody knows what Oval is, but Oval, O-V-A-L, is an acronym for Open Vulnerability Assessment Language. Um, and it's an XML markup for um, for enumerating uh, vulnerabilities. And um, even more, it's actually kind of extended beyond this, that you can use Oval to do actual remediation and run scripts and whatnot. But we mostly use it um, to because we publish a Oval file every time we do a new update for um, for Ubuntu. So every time we publish a USN, a new Oval file gets created. And what this would let you do is um, run a scan against your system and find out if you're vulnerable to specific CVEs. But first, um, a little bit more about Oval. Um, Oval is, you know, it's an open standard uh, maintained by the Oval board, um, which I think is a not-for-profit, but I'm not sure. Um, Oval itself is sponsored, um, I think, by DHS, and MITRE provides some Oval as well. Um, there are some tools like OpenSCAP that can look at your Oval data. Um, also, most scanners now can import Oval. So like Qualys and Nessus, I'm fairly sure, can import uh, Oval data. Um, and what's actually really cool about this is if your tool can import Oval data, you're getting, um, especially our Oval, you're probably going to have far fewer false positives because you're getting not a generic this package is vulnerable to something but specifically you know via our um ubuntu security team released updates saying this is vulnerable to or not vulnerable which is really i think pretty cool um you know we've been producing oval for a really long time now and um last year we did something to improve our oval and uh i know we've got some users of our of our data it's under um ubuntu.com I'm sorry, people.ubuntu.com slash tilde security something. We'll put the link in the notes. Um, and one of our users came back saying, hey, you've changed your oval and it's, you know, the files are kind of big and it's taking a long time to run. I made these changes and wow, the performance improvement was amazing. And that person I just want to give thanks to is uh, David Reese at Jovel CM. I think that's Jovel Constant Monitoring. I'm not sure if they're product suite or anything. Um, I haven't used it, but I am super psyched on their ability to contribute back open source and make our our tooling better which is really cool yeah so the i guess what's interesting about the oval is it uh defines not only vulnerabilities like you said but uh, it actually defines tests for how you test whether you're vulnerable or not Mm -hmm. and so um the tests that are defined there are essentially do you have this package installed and it uses app.dpackage i forget which one um to check whether that particular version or should I say the fixed version is installed or not that resolves the vulnerability or a higher version. Um, and yeah, it was something to do with the way that we had structured the tests that meant it was highly inefficient when they got ran. And now, yes, they're significantly more efficient. It runs a lot faster. Uh, and yeah, so the uh, so we provide the Oval data um, on yeah, people.canonical.com. As Joe said, we'll put a link in there. Uh, but And so you can download that and then you can use OpenSCAP to uh, run directly against that. Um, I think we've even tweeted you know, the commands that you need to run mm-hmm. to do that. It's relatively short, but we've also developed some other uh, tooling to make that a lot easier. Yeah, so um, if you run it normally, you do OSCAP, um, Oval, Eval, Report, and then the name of our... Um, 
uh, the name of our oval file. So for instance, for like Bionic, it would be osgap oval eval dash dash report, or, you know, output.htm, and then oci, com, ubuntu, bionic, cv, oval.xml. It's mouthful. Um, that generates an HTML page, which you can go, go look at. Um, but we have developed a better tool because there's a certain use case. I'm not sure, but you, but um, often I want to find out, like, oh, this just hit the news. There's this new CVE. Um, if you're a network defender, you might have um, your IS department asking you for something or your CSOS office saying, what's our vulnerability? And you want to just find out, am I vulnerable to this specific CVE? We developed a tool called CVE Scan, which you install by doing sudo snap install CVE Scan. And you can just run CVE Scan and then pass it um, the CVE number, and it'll report whether or not you're vulnerable to that CVE, which is pretty cool. It's um, I find it to be uh, fairly fast. Now it's examining a lot on your system, so you know to download a file and run it, it could take a bit the first time, but um, it does some caching to be faster as well. Um, but it's super handy. You can also just run CVE scan alone and do CVE scan, um, and it'll just tell you by default all your, I believe, um, highs and criticals um, that you're vulnerable to. And then you can pass it other flags to include lows and mediums, et cetera. And you can use dash H for help. Um, it's pretty great. You can output also this, I forgot. You can also have this script triggered by a tool like Nagios and it'll output a Nagios style um, uh, uh, output. So you can find out if you have um, high, medium or low uh, vulnerabilities and then you know get alerts in your Nagios system. So you could script it that way, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was CV Scan was developed by Mark Molino on our team, and it's really kind of taken off. What he developed it a few months ago, and now it's getting a lot of use both internally within Canonical, but also by our customers because, it's, yeah, as Joe said, it's a very simple way to uh, get a grip on a particular vulnerability and a particular machine's uh, exposure or you know susceptibility to that vulnerability mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's no, you don't have to install a bunch of tools and a web service. It's just a command line tool you can run, which um, every other time I've wanted something similar and involved installing a whole tool suite of tools. And next thing you know, your opt folder is filled up with a bunch of things that you have to get a license for, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you've ever wondered, I guess, about um, you know, a particular machine or you know, a particular configuration, are you vulnerable to this or that CVE? Yeah, snap install CVE scan. Yeah, and if I know a bunch of uh, admins are are doing things like running a nightly report to look for set UID and things like that, you could certainly incorporate this into your uh, into your dashboard. It'd be really easy. You could put the output into your sim. Um, definitely help you out there. So check out CVE Scan. Um, yeah, and so combining Oval and our CVE Scan can help you raise the overall um, awareness of your system as far as its security posture from. Missed patches. Obviously, there's other things that you can use commercial tools for and pen testing to look for things like misconfiguration, etc. That's not included in Oval. Although there is Oval uh, that we are develop that we have for things like CIS, and um, we're developing Oval right now for uh, the Disastigs. So you could use it for that as well. Oh, cool. Well, everybody, thank you uh, so much for listening again, and um, have a great week. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk to you again next week. And thanks again, Joe. 
All right, uh, so one more thing. Uh, this week, I uh, just wanted to put a shout out to a little blog post that I published uh, myself. This time, uh, it was one around uh, talking about how we do uh, vulnerability prioritization or CVE prioritization. So we often get a lot of questions from customers and others about why particular vulnerabilities perhaps aren't fixed yet, or that you know we rate a particular vulnerability as a medium, but uh, it's got a CVSS score of nine, so that would you know rate it as a high or or critical or something in CVS parlance, CVSS parlance. And yeah, so I thought it would be uh, useful to actually give a bit more detail on how that goes. So I've got a link in the show notes if you would like to go and read that. Uh, yeah, I urge you to check it out. All right, so that takes us to uh, the end of this week's episode. If you want to get in contact with the team, as usual, you can reach us at securityubuntu.com or you can come and chat to us over IRC in the Ubuntu Harden channel on irc.freenode.net. Uh, we also have the security section on discourse.ubuntu.com. And finally, as Joe mentioned, we are on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. So thanks again for listening, everyone, for another week. I'll be back to do this all again uh, next week. But in the meantime, stay safe and keep calm because we've got your back. All right. Bye.